today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. Building in Faith When we have faith, we will be faithful. Our word will count for something. It will mean something. That's what our society is built on and trust. Once you take that away, it begins to crumble at the foundations. Faith will bring a trust that conquers fear. Faith will bring that trust that conquers fear. What happens is when we exclude faith, we'll walk in fear and we'll lose our trust. Reaching up high with arms open wide, we see you're changing our lives so we can be our heads and feet. The examples in the Bible of great moments of faith are encouraging for us as we walk our own life of faith. But amidst real life, the moments of weakness and doubt come like a wave sometimes. David experienced these times too, as Pastor Ed teaches in today's message. We find that faith and fear can't coexist in our lives. When we walk in fear, we step out of the life God has ordained for us. Choose, even in the difficult times, to walk by faith, knowing that you have a loving Father who will be with you every step. Now here's Pastor Ed with today's edition of Building in Faith. wondered when God chose an obscure man in an obscure place to be the next king. I mean, not even his family knew he was there. When Samuel was coming to Bethlehem and the news spread throughout that small little village, invite Jesse and his whole family. They forgot their youngest. I mean, they didn't count him as very much. He was out in the field with the sheep. And Samuel noticed that uh, none of the sons were the sons that God had chosen as the next anointed king. He said, is there anyone else? It was like a second thought. Oh, yeah, yeah. David, he's out in the field. David walks in the house after they find him. Samuel sees the witness of the Spirit upon David and in his heart, and he pours the anointing oil on the boy that no one expected. And we wonder, why did God choose him? Why him? What's so special about him? And then we see him walking out on the field, facing a giant, not with a sword or a spear or an arrow, but with a slingshot. I come against you in the name of the God of Israel. God's going to deliver you into our hands. When no one else would face him, David did. We're applauding. What a man of faith. God was right. And then we watched Saul, filled with jealousy and envy. As the women came back singing, Saul is slain as thousands. David is tens of thousands. Immediately Saul eyed David with a jealous eye and never took his eye off David. And David walked wisely, carefully. We thought, surely the Lord's anointed is before us. Had God 
pulled out the portrait of David found in chapter 21 and 22 and showed us that at the beginning, none of us would have voted for David. We would have said, what in the world is God doing? David falters in his faith. And when he falters in his faith, he behaves like you, like me, when we falter in our faith. What made David David was faith. Faith in God. We don't need to possess a faith. We need a faith that possesses us. And when that faith possesses you, captivates and captures and controls your life, you watch giants come down. You're able to walk wisely and firmly in the most difficult of storms and trials. But God is working in his servant David. He's putting steel in his soul. He's testing him so that faith will possess him. For when faith leaves us, when we leave faith, something must control our lives. It can be pride, can be lust, can be fear. And fear dominated, directed, and drove David's life at this point. And you see a fear-directed life rather than a faith-directed life in chapter 21 and chapter 22. We've been watching a man who's been dominated by faith. And now we will watch a man who's severely tested, who's going to be dominated by fear. And wow, what a difference. His humanity comes through his fallen nature comes right through. Watch David's deceptiveness. David's different now. Why? Because he's no longer standing on the solid rock. He's no longer walking in the faith of Yahweh. He's walking in the flesh. He's leaning on his fallen human nature. And you could see the deception. Everything's been taken from David, ripped out of his hands. His best friend, his wife, his job. All he has is a clothes on his back. And now there's a bounty on his head. Any man was free to capture, to kill, to destroy him for a bounty. David, the fugitive, fear begins to control his life. Faith and fear cannot live together. Faith pushes fear out. Fear pushes faith out. They cannot coexist. When you walk in fear, you can't walk in faith. When you walk in faith, you can't walk in fear. You're going to watch Fear dominate him and walk in the flesh. He's going to play it the world's way. And a Christian and a Christian and a Christian, a believer, just can't win it playing the world's way. 
God will see to it that you don't. Because he loves you too much. And there David is. Lying. Our hero. Lying. Not just lying in the marketplace. Not just lying in the king's court. Lying in the sanctuary. In the house of God. He's fleeing. And the high priest, one of the spiritual leaders, Ahimelech, sees David come in and he has this sense something's wrong. He becomes fearful. And he begins to inquire and question David. David, why are you here? Now listen to the conversation that goes on. Listen to the well-formulated lies that David puts forth. In verse 2, David answered him like the priest. The king charged me with a certain matter and said to me, No one is to know anything about your mission and your instructions. As for my men, I've told them to meet me at a certain place. David asked Ahimelech, Don't you have a spear or a sword here? I haven't brought my sword or any other weapon because the king's business was urgent. Maybe he went there with good intentions, but right now, he's at the bottom of the barrel. Right now, he's at his lowest point. He's in survival mode, and he is fabricating story after story. He's hungry. He wants the showbread from off the altar, just something to fill his stomach. And then he wants a weapon. That weapon had become a silver had become a point of faith. People from all over would travel to the sanctuary in Nob, and there they would see the sword of Goliath, the giant, the giant sword. There was none like it. And the story would be told how a shepherd boy defeated a warrior, the best of the Philistines, with a simple sling and stone but faith in God. A reminder that faith triumphs over the world. There David is. And he lies. He lies. He was desperate. Would you? Would you? I mean, would you lie to save face? Would you lie to save your job? Would you lie to just get a better grade or maybe pass the course so that you can just move on to the next? Would you? Maybe a better question is, have you? Have you at times when the crisis was bearing down on you and the stress was just so much simply stretched the truth? Put yourself in David's place. What would you have done? No food, nothing to eat, nowhere to go, no defense, on the run, Saul in pursuit. Somehow, David is walking different, talking different, acting different. He's not walking in faith. He's governed by fear. That's what's happening. David had no idea... That the lie that he would perpetrate 
would be like an atomic bomb in Nob. He had no idea that it would mean the death of the priest in that small community. So often we don't realize the consequences. But in chapter twenty-two, eighteen, it says, The king ordered Doag, You turn and strike down the priest. So Doag the Edomite turned and struck them down. That day he killed 85 men who wore the linen ephod. What happened? It was like an atomic bomb. No man, no woman is an island unto themselves. Our sin has a ripple effect. In the moment and through the years. You lie to your spouse. Why enough? And the trust factor is broken. How can they trust you? You lie to your children. How can they believe what you said? Now we're used to it as a culture. I know it's as much a part of our culture as apple pie. Well, I guess Chevy's, I don't know. Maybe Toyota's now. But it's a part of our culture. We expect it. We expect it. Our politicians lie to us. We expect that's the way it is. The news pundits lie to us. We recognize we got to somehow sift through the facts and try and find the truth. It's part of our culture. But I tell you, it's having far-reaching consequence. We can't trust our corporations because they cook the books. They cheat the employees as well as the investors. The consequences are having a, a rippling effect throughout our economy and throughout our lives. Parents lie to their children, to the church, to their workers, to their communities. And the consequences is shaking the very foundations. When we have faith, we will be faithful. Our word will count for something. It will mean something. That's what our society is built on. And trust, once you take that away, it begins to crumble at the foundations. Faith will bring a trust that conquers fear. Faith will bring that trust that conquers fear. What happens is when we exclude faith, we'll walk in fear and we'll lose our trust. David didn't understand that just that lie would have such great ramifications. Are you possessed by faith or you just have a faith? Is it just merely a creed? Or is it something that dominates, controls, motivates, guides, directs? Faith needs to control our lives. And that's what's happening. God is working in David's heart. But you can see the progression in David's life. You see, dishonesty leads to disgrace. In chapter 21, again, guess where David goes? Well, let's read the text. Verse 10 of chapter 21. That day David fled from Saul and went to Achish, king of Gath. Oh, remember Gath. Gath is where Goliath grew up. His brothers lived. His family lived. The home of giants. 
the house of the enemy. David, what are you doing in the enemy's camp? Oh, no, 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 no. Don't be so quick to judge him. We've been there too. David had been mistreated in the house of God by the people of God. An offense was taking root in his heart. And he ran to the enemy's camp. There are times you've been hurt and hurt deeply. And you want to run out of church. Hurt by Christians. Hurt by leaders. Hurt by believers. And at that moment the temptation is to go into the enemy's camp. Maybe you're sitting down at that bar stool and you're just drinking. Somebody's going to listen to you and not judge you. Maybe somehow you're going to go with that old crowd. Hang out with that old group. And you're there because you feel accepted. Don't go to the enemy's camp. David's going to go to the enemy's camp and there he's going to stay. Not for long because God will see to it that he's not too comfortable. Now, just picture It is so humorous. David has Goliath's sword. Now, Goliath's nine foot six. Uh, Those Jews in that day weren't so tall. Maybe he was five, five or five, six, David. I don't know. Maybe five, ten the most. Could you picture him dragging that sword? Do you think no one would notice that huge sword in the town of Gath? You know, there he is taking that sword and he's going into the town with it. That sword looks familiar. There's none like it, you know. It's Goliath's. And all of a sudden, David, who had planned to go incognito, is a talk of the town. The word gets back to Achish. And watch the sham that leads to shame. In verses 12 to 13, David took these words to heart and was very much afraid of Achish, the king of Gath, So he pretended to be insane in their presence. While he was in their hands, he acted like a madman, making marks on the doors of the gate, letting saliva run down his beard. He pretends to be something he isn't, an idiot. He acts like someone who's out of his mind. Yes, I'm sure he would have won an Academy Award for the part that he played. He escaped. But that wasn't the part that God had ordained for him. He was out of character. Look at David on the battlefield with Goliath. I come against you in the name of Yahweh with confidence and faith. Look at him in the city of Gath, scratching at the door, saliva running down his beard, acting like a madman. When we go into the enemy's camp, we act like the insane. We act out the lies that we have been speaking and believing. He's not only just conversing now, his conduct is a big lie. That's the way it is when you walk in a lie. You begin to live it. Our culture is so good at that. I mean, everybody's doing it. I'm tired of hearing that. I'm tired of hearing Everybody except you Christians. You know, I read a story about Jeff Collins. Jeff Collins loved to eat garlic. 
And he would take clumps of garlic and just eat a clove of that garlic. Now, he didn't want to offend his wife. And so when he would eat the garlic, he gave some to her. And so she ate the garlic. And because both of them ate the garlic, they couldn't smell the garlic on each other. And so they weren't offensive to each other. Sort of what our culture is doing. Let's just delve and live sinful lives. Let's put the Ten Commandments aside. Let's live our own morality and the new morality, which is the old immorality. You know, it may make us feel better, but it stinks to high heaven. And God takes note of it. And it leads to shame. In verses 14 to 15, Achish said to his servants, Look at that man, he's insane. Why bring him to me? This is so humorous. Am I short of madmen that you have to bring this fellow here to carry on like this in front of me? Must this man come into my house? Achish is saying, I have enough madmen in my court. I don't need any more. Well, David acts like an insane person. He's now driven by fear. How unworthy of his calling. How unkingly. That's what sin will do. That's what living without faith will do. That's what happens when you step off that solid rock and you start playing on that sinking sand. That's what happens when we leave faith out of our lives and we embrace anything other than faith. We're dominated by fear. We're dominated by lust. We're dominated by anger. We're dominated by pride. It's like a control that takes over our lives. Do you possess faith? Or does faith really possess you? I mean, it controls you. It dominates you. It causes you to walk right, live right, talk right, be right. It's you. It's in your bones. It's in your soul. It's in your mind. It's in your spirit. God's going to show David something about himself that he hadn't yet discovered. Martin Lloyd-Jones said, Our behavior in times of need and crisis proclaims what we really are. Oh, that's frightening. Anytime we walk outside of God's grace and we walk self-serving, our character, our personhood, that old human nature, that fallen human nature just shows right through. Our Salvation, our deliverance, our strength is in Christ. In Christ alone I stand. David forgot. He left home without his faith. And he began to walk in fear. And he began to lean on that fallen humanity that we've all inherited. And suddenly, He's wavering. But David, like you and me, has a wonderful heavenly father who's interested in delivering us. Even when we're at our lowest, he's holding on to us. Even when our faith falters, his faithfulness continues. Even when we are stumbling, there's a God in heaven looking at us, watching over us. 
The more we learn of David's story, the more we see how God can use an imperfect person to do incredible things. God can and wants to use you too. Did you know that God has a special and exciting plan for your life? He has designed you to fit that plan exactly and will give you the strength you need for every task. All you need to do is seek Him for guidance and lean on Him for your source of power. Pastor Ed will continue teaching about the life of David on the next edition of Building in Faith. But you can find more messages right now by visiting our radio website, buildinginfaithradio.com. Be sure to visit our church homepage as well by clicking on Back to the Homepage. There, you'll be greeted by a daily scripture and some exciting events coming up for us here at Faith Assembly. We know how important finding a church home is to the Christian walk. And if you've not yet found that for your own life, why not join us? We'd be honored to meet you and share a time of worship and Bible study with you. We gather together each Sunday at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. and again on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Location information and directions are on our website. That address again is buildinginfaithradio.com. As our time with you comes to a close, we'd like to say thank you for joining us today. We pray your day is blessed by God and that you continue to seek Him in your personal journey of faith. Pastor Ed will have more to share from the Word of God on the next edition of Building in Faith. Your word